Welcome to PeerPod, where you are the peer and we are the pod. Here at the PeerPod studios, we've extracted the sweet, sweet juice from our freshly squeezed student experience and we have bottled it for a reasonable price, free and fresh for the download. We are dripping with knowledge and we really can't wait to share with you our words of motivation, experience and of course, our stories. Hello and welcome back to the PeerPod podcast, the podcast where you are the peers and we here are your pod. We are coming at you actually live from Eastern Avenue outside Ooh. Fisher Library. Bit change of scenery for us. So this is live, so yeah, anything could happen really. I'm your host, Life Coach Layla, and back with me we have Cyan the Go-Getter. And returning to the show, it's better. She's not just good, she's better. Welcome to episode four, guys. This is all about study stress. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Hi. <laughs> well, as you guys know, it's wellness week, so this is basically the reminder we all need to just get ourselves back on track health-wise. And so we're discussing study stress because it's something that affects every single one of us. So let's try to let's try to get through and see what we can do about that. First up, what are your experiences with study stress? You might get updates sometimes on your course on campus, and then that could push you into a stressed mood. And you could also have group assignments with your yeah. peers. Email. And, yeah, oh, and that could be a stressful yeah, yeah event as well. One key thing that you've got to do here is to identify the stressors and be aware of what they are, and only then can you make them more manageable. Yeah. What about like studying back in like undergraduate? Do you remember that? I do. Yeah, I'm much better now at planning yeah. things. But back then, it was a lot of just figuring things out on your own. Even though we had these big timetables and stuff that we're going to talk about today, it was still a bit of an um, mountainous. I think that's the word. Yeah. Like climbing a mountain. That yes. kind of an experience. Yes. Yeah, no, absolutely. Better study stress. My God, I used to be a big victim, especially when I was an undergraduate of study stress. I used to be very organized somehow in the sense that I used to attend all the lectures back in Italy, my home country. I used to be kind of good and taking a lot of notes. That actually saved tons of time when I had to prepare for my exams. So that was quite a good idea in my opinion. But saying that. It was still a very stressful process when I had to prepare for my own exams. It was simply breathtaking, I would say. So when I had to prepare very big exam, like Russian language was a very big, big exam where there were different components, including writing, speaking, reading, listening. There was a very stressful and very long exam. And I remember that I couldn't cope that well, actually. It was very intimidating and also I started having some kind of body reactions. It became very, very uh, evident that I couldn't cope very well with my study stress. After some time, I improved and I kind of convinced myself that there was no reason to get so stressed because exams are pretty much the same for everyone, but it took years before I could actually enter this mood. Mindset. Yeah, yeah this mindset. Well, I actually find Personally, I think if I expect to be stressed in any scenario, be it for studying or work or whatever, if I expect to be stressed, I will be. So, and I think that kind of happens to people in certain jobs they take or certain degrees. Like, people have that idea, that preconceived idea they're going to be stressed, so they kind of just let it happen. But I think if we set ourselves up to not expect to just be chaotically stressed and just keep it manageable, I think that's the thing. Yeah. But I, I definitely remember like undergraduate experience, like my study stress was just something I just ex- I just expected was part of uni and I just expected to be completely 
completely out of my mind, stressed, and I thought, that's just being a uni student, and that's just what exams entail, just being out of my mind, stressed, ridiculous anxiety, and just, you're sort of in your own little bubble, like in your own little world, I'm not really sure, like my whole room during exam time just ends up being a whole bunch of like used coffee mugs, and like, I would use my mirrors as like little whiteboards to jot down notes, and I would put notes up in wherever I could and your life just gets so consumed by it and I just look back an episode of like NCIS or something like it was just crazy but way too stressed and I think looking back on the techniques and skills I picked up on I would have changed my approach absolutely because I just don't believe that anyone needs to be punishingly stressed to get through exams and it's not necessary and there's this proof that you don't need that Absolutely. Sometimes it's just very difficult to manage stress and to be so lucid when you should. Mm. It's something that maybe we learn a little bit later when we are not in the middle of the tornado anymore. Well, yeah, but I think because I had that idea that I had to be stressed, I just thought it was normal. Everyone around me was stressed. And when you start accepting it as normal, you stop doing anything about it and you stop thinking of ways to actually combat it. Um, so I don't think it's not normal to a certain extent. So when it starts being detrimental to your health, I actually think you're going to start affecting your studies more than actually helping them. But you talked about these um, physical manifestations of sleep. So what happens to you when you know that you've just pushed it too far? For me, it's quite visible because, unfortunately, you can sit on my skin and get skin rash. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so it's very disgusting. No, it's not. <laughs> but also, it can affect my sleep a little bit. And I sleep a lot, and I sleep many hours. So when I'm very stressed, I don't sleep the amount of hours I'm supposed to sleep. Makes me feel a bit more anxious, maybe. Like you said, better. one of the physical signs that I've found is to do with sleep. I mean, even after sleep, I find myself not feeling normal or like neutral and then if I feel like I'm peaking at certain points I'm like all right there is something wrong with me it could be stress it could be some other episode like I don't know but it's most likely to do with stress and identifying those things are very important yeah absolutely sleep is definitely the big one and the thing is is you're kind of shooting yourself in the foot if you don't get sleep down pat while you're studying because not only are you going to be more stressed having not had a well-planned night or good rest yeah it's definitely an indicator I, I definitely have difficulty sleeping when I was studying um, stress I'd be tired even if I did sleep you know you have high levels of anxiety low energy um, you start to lose focus as well so I think that's something that probably comes off the not sleeping well um, you start to get a little bit like moody and emotional maybe. <laughs> I think you just start to like, anything can trigger you almost because you're just in that state and uh, you, you just have to apologize to like friends and family yeah. being just this crazy person yeah. during studying time. Yeah. What happens to you better? Absolutely. That's like, she's pretty yeah. much talking about the story of my life. <laughs> yeah, but these, yeah. these are true yeah. indicators yeah. that, okay, you are stressed, you, your studying has pushed you to that point. And we were talking about before, I was telling you about the stress curve. Have you guys heard about the stress curve? Yeah. If you guys can just imagine, I know it's a podcast, so you're just listening to it, but imagine just your standard stock standard bell curves. And one side's going to be the amount, um, the amount of stress, and the other side is going to be your efficiency or like your productivity. So you actually do need, scientifically speaking, mind you, a little bit of stress to get you going, to actually be efficient and to get working and to actually get into that mode to study. But as you go up and you reach the top of that bell curve, 
it dips back down. So once it goes down the other side of the bell curve, you know you've pushed yourself past a healthy point of stress. And instead of actually aiding your study and being efficient, you're starting to hinder productivity and you're starting to actually not do anything good for your studying. What I'm basically saying out of this is a little bit of stress is good to have to identify when you've actually gone too far and when you're actually going to start harming your productivity. And I think some of these signs, these physical manifestations we're talking about, um, are really good indicators that you've passed that point. So I mean, that's something I've had a lot of people actually draw that bell curve for me to be like, hey, you've passed this point and sometimes it's helpful just to visualize that. I usually put it on my desk as just like a little reminder of like to just that keep things balanced. <laughs> yeah, that a little bit of stress is okay, but if I'm going too far and if I'm having too much stress, I know I'm starting to harm my productivity. So yeah. it's not to just keep throwing myself at the What I really like actually this curve, it really makes you understand how important it is to be a little bit stressed. Yeah. Just a pinch, not too much. So in a certain sense, it's a very human reaction. And what I like is the fact that actually it's under control, it can keep you motivated somehow. So a little bit of stress is your friend. But yeah, let's not push it so far that you're starting to... The way I think about the bell curve with this one, the stress curve, is like, I'm a big Formula One fan. So I think about it as like warming up the tires. Once the tires are warmed up, that's when you are a little bit stressed. But then you need that for the race. And that's when you go and do your work. But then if you warm them up too much, they're going to melt. And that's when you breathe your peak. And that's when you need to change the tires. So try and think about it in that way if it makes sense. But it might help. Okay. I didn't know there was like a tire heating situation. But yeah, guys. A little bit. You're going to heat those tires to get going too. But for our listeners, uh, stay tuned to one of our future episodes where Alexa will be talking with later about nutrition. We'll be talking about nutrition, yeah. so we'll, we'll get into yeah. that, what study snacks and things are good for you, what's harming yeah. you, what we think is best. Yeah. I end up um, saying nuts, but then people start laughing. I don't know. You should have actually, you should actually plan to be in that episode because you love doing that. But we'll discuss that. Better? Okay. Stress? Yes, I've got many ways to reduce my stress actually. When I cannot go very far from my study and I need to take some short breaks, I really take a short break. Like I force myself doing that because I know that if I push too much and if I force myself into studying for a very long and a reasonable time, I'm not going to be productive. Yeah. Especially when it's summertime or springtime, or there is a little bit of sunshine. Luckily, we study in Australia, so that's actually something quite beautiful about studying in this country. You always have a lot of sun, so it's good to take some short walks, and it's quite good also for your vitamin D level to increase. That's linked to like your mental health as well. Sometimes I even write my thesis outside fresh air when I can because it really helps me and keeps me motivated. So yeah, if you're someone who likes a particular environment to study, I mean we have so many different library spaces and even within those library spaces we have different areas. What kind of study environments guys do you actually prefer? You really like actually these kind of quiet zones and spaces but sometimes for me they can be a little bit intimidating in the sense that um, they can actually amplify sometimes my stress. It's very funny to see how different we can be. Yeah, yeah. sometimes I go, I rather actually go to a quiet area because I can actually still hear people whispering, talking very briefly, very brief conversations. It makes me feel a little bit more 
comfortable, I guess, somehow. Yeah, especially yeah. if you have study snacks and you've got like a particularly like rustly packet or something and you're just trying <laughs> to like eat while you study and you're in a quiet area and you just feel like your crunching is very loud and everything. So I get what you're saying, that balance between, I mean, that's great for studying, but you, yeah, you start getting really aware of like your habit to the point where that yes. But it's good actually for me studying at the library, even if I have a research space. When I used to be when I used to write my thesis here at Sydney Uni, I always had my research space. But what I found actually quite helpful was to study in these library spaces that we have Fisher, for instance, or Bosch, because I found quite helpful and good to have these spaces at the library, because if you want to study together with other people in a meeting room, you could do that. You could organize a meeting room and also prepare your presentations, for instance. Or if you wanted to stay in a bit of a more open environment, you could just join other people in a quiet room or in a silent room if you need more silence. I really like actually this kind of flexibility, while for us, Sometimes research students, it tend to be a bit isolating. I mean, I am from the Faculty of Arts and Social Sciences. It's good to have, of course, facilities for research students because you can pretty much get all what you need there. At the same time, it's also good to stay in more open spaces like Fisher Library where you get more sunlight. It looks like a silly thing, but to be very honest with you, it's one of those things that makes a difference, in my opinion. Yeah. yeah, it boosts your mood as well. It can yeah, be absolutely. very motivating to be in the right place. Yeah, and I think part of study stress as well, one of the detrimental effects is isolating yourself. Like, I think you can kind of go into a bubble, you end up just living in your own little world and just isolating yourself from family and friends. And these are actually things that can benefit you as well. So I think when we're studying something that could help you if it's possible is when you actually have a lunch break because you're going to have to take a lunch break at some stage is to actually maybe use that time to interact with someone else and just take your mind off what you're actually doing because I have the tendency when I was studying to just eat at my desk over my notes and to eat really quickly and just not be thoughtful about it at all um, when I could be using that time to just use it as almost like a meditative practice eat away from my desk and just enjoy things slowly or use that time to actually interact with someone it just boosts my mood a little bit. That yeah. can renew your energy as well, rather yeah. than just being stuck in that study cycle. There are people like me don't really feel like talking about their study or their research during lunch break. So if you guys are among these people like me who don't really enjoy talking about what they are doing at uni because when they take a break, they want to take also a mental break from what they do, be brave to mention that. I think we have already touched this point some time ago in another episode, if I'm not wrong, mm -hmm. maybe just briefly. So for me, it's like when they ask me about my research and how's it going and everything, I kind of answer in a more of a neutral way. Yeah, I don't want to cut them. And I say, yeah, ups and downs, or yeah, it's going pretty much, but hey, tell me, have you got plans for the weekend? Because yeah. these people are playing in town, or there is this kind of festival, or these other events, so try to change the conversation a little bit. It reduces your stress if you don't want to talk about your work. And I also think that's good, because it reminds you that there's actually life outside of this bubble you've created for studying. 
and that's something to not only look forward to after you know exams are over. Well, as an undergrad, I always used to have this problem in differentiating between what is stress, what is what is worrying me, and what's anxiety. How would you help an undergrad with these things? I think it would be better maybe to talk to a doctor about that if you're not sure if what's actually happening in your life maybe need a specific kind of treatment instead yeah. of uh, just accepting it. Please, every time you feel like there is something you want to talk about, maybe with uh, caps, caps yeah. maybe with a caps person or with your GP, you want just to double check if there is anything that you should do for yourself, please feel free to do it. That's a good moment, especially when you feel like the situation is not under control anymore. You do it even before that. We have also the health center here at Sydney Uni, which is in Wentworth building, and that's actually quite a useful place to go anytime you are in emergency. You can book an online appointment very quickly. Um, there are many GPs, many general practitioners there, so it's quite easy to find a spot. That's a good starting point, and as I mentioned before, your GP can refer you to a specialist. International students have their own private health insurance, and we can actually meet GPs that can visit us for free. So it's not only for people who are covered by Medicare, but also our health insurance can give us the opportunity to see a doctor for free. The only important thing is that we know well, who is the doctor, who is the GP that can actually visit us for free. So we need to do a little bit of research. So I know that um, the health center here has free GPs for international students who cover by Alia Insurance. With a little bit of research and also asking your insurance provider, you can find out who are GPs who can visit you for free around Sydney. What if it's going to work for you? If talking to and someone who has to keep how you're feeling confidential, then health professionals are great. I think also use some friends if you can, if they're available, if they're, maybe you guys can. That, that's what I think is really great about if you're having like a lunch break or a study break and organizing this, is to just interact with different people. A few of the steps which I found from the university website, um, they had five five top study tips. I think it's uh, really good, by the way. So we'll link it under yeah, the podcast as well. Yeah. Just have a little glance and remind yourself. Yeah, so what they talk about is like very simple things. So the number one thing is to create a study timetable, which is very easily said, but if you haven't done it before your exam, it's like maybe too late. So maybe you have to plan beforehand. Like you can't just do it a few days before your exam and think yeah, about it. Yeah, I definitely think it's something you need to... It's a long-term study plan, well at least a month in advance would be good. Not in advance, I think it's yeah. too far in advance. I think too many things change in someone's life yeah. to make people stick to that. But yeah, episode one we actually talk about planning and living with details. Yes. Yeah, I like that. I like yeah. that. Yeah. So the number two thing is what Leila said. Prepare your study area. Uh, find your zone. Sometimes they're really bad with this. Like I said, the use marks kind of accumulate. Well, it depends on where you like to study, at university or at home, or maybe at some public library in the city, or at a friend's home, or maybe your grandma's backyard, I don't know. But yeah, whatever that is, whatever is your preferred study zone, make sure that's what is good for you. Yeah. yeah. But do you guys just a tangent of that? 
What about studying in pajamas? Like, is that something we oh, think for sure. is like, it's is that oh my god, it's so comfy. Because you're relaxed, but you know, <laughs> I feel like maybe when you get up in the morning, if you're going to study, like maybe prepare for work. Is that a thing? So it depends. I think there are two different philosophies. One is that some people prefer to wear proper clothes as if they were going to work because they enter the mood and understand that they are officially operating. Other people just like the idea of start uh, working and studying as soon as they wake up. So I used to do that, um, especially when there was a huge amount of work to do. But when it was time to revise what I learned, I used actually to wake up in time, uh, wear proper clothes and go to a library space so that I actually could do the final revisions there. And that was actually very, very helpful in my life. Any other study tip there? So the number three tip is to eat, sleep, and move. Sounds a bit like eat, pray, love, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just very simple things in life. Have nutritious food, get enough sleep, and make sure you're walking about. You're not just stuck on your chair because, you know, sitting on a chair for 10 hours a day is unhealthy. Yeah, it yeah. really does. You. It shortens your lifespan. It does. And there's research. <laughs> there's, I love that. Yeah. As research students, we always have yeah. to be like, it's fucked up. Yeah. It's like official. But it's true. Yeah, it's but, true. But, it's I'm true but I'm skeptical about a few other things, not this one. Because for every good research, like something positive, you can always have research that talks the other way around as well. Yeah. So, well, not this one though. <laughs> so the number four tip is to minimize distractions, which we've all succumbed to. Yeah. And the, num the number five and the last tip is to take breaks and to reward yourself. So for Sayang, it seems to be that it's quite important to be well organized and to organize your study in advance so that you can reduce the amount of stress later. I think it's a very wise tip. It's just a planning. Yeah. yeah, yeah. so planning in advance. So for me, the most important thing is to find some time for myself. And I think that physical activity is possibly the best thing that actually can reduce my stress. In my opinion, it's a very good and functional way to de-stress. If you don't know other people with whom you can join a course, don't worry. Try to feel brave enough and enroll in one of the courses you would like to do. It could be kickboxing, it could be Thai boxing, it could be volleyball, it could be yoga, absolutely very beneficial. It could be any sort of dance course. Just do it because it will be full of people like you who just went there by themselves. And that's a good starting point to meet new friends step by step. So try not to feel intimidated. Try to do a brave action and go by yourself. You won't end up being alone. You will find new friends and new people there. For me, I try to have like little sneaky bits of exercise and movement. Like instead of taking a bus, I'll walk and I feel like I'm still going somewhere even if I'm just walking to the library. And I feel like that sometimes if you're time poor and you don't know it's exam time, just having that little walk in the sun to the library or wherever you're going to grab a coffee when you're having breaks. So we have the deadlines for the exams approaching or you have the deadlines for submitting assignments, thesis, whatever it may be. But we want to know what are our options if we are just not getting there. You've got deadlines because it's like set up in your unit of study and you've got to follow them to make life easier for everyone, even the unit of study coordinators. But what happens is that say you can't really meet a deadline and you're, you are aware of it for like at least a week in advance, and what you can do is you can even ask your unit of study coordinator and they can provide you a simple extension. If you get sick, you can apply for a special consideration. 
you just need to see, of course, your doctor and get the document and gather the documents you need in order to apply for a special consideration. So something happens, then freak out, you've got the plan B. Yeah, there are options. It's not completely all over. You failed, everything's going downhill. So I think the reason why I wanted to just talk about that briefly was the fact that we have all this built up of study stress. Wait, sometimes we do need contingency plans and sometimes we do need to know that there's a little bit of a fallback as well. So it's not just this or nothing and that it's, I think that can kind of help as well when you know you've got support and you know you've got um, options as well. Let's just talk about what help there is actually at Sydney Uni for study stress. Yeah, we've got this workshop that maybe many of you, okay, let's say some of you hopefully at least, know. It's called Focus and Study. So Focus and Study is a study session where we reunite and study together. Every single person is pretty much doing their assignment, their thesis chapter, they're writing their article, whatever they need to do. We are working in group and we use Pomodoro technique. So it consists in... Italian, Pomodoro, yes, it is tomato. Yeah. <laughs> Pomodoro technique consists in four sessions of 25 minutes. For 25 minutes, we just focus on our writing and we take five minutes break. When we organize these sessions, we usually provide also some tea and biscuits, snacks, amazing. And it seems to be a very beneficial technique which has been proved to fight procrastination. So because you're working in a group with other people that are doing quiet study as well, your phones are away, you're kind of in the zone and it sets up that environment for you to not only be in a quiet space, but to not be distracted. And the fact that you know that after 25 minutes that there's like a sweet treat, like a little break at the end, kind of sweetens the deal. And actually 25 minutes, uh, you can actually get a lot done. Um, and uh, it really helps you organize your time and curtail that study stress that you have. Because procrastination, we didn't really talk about it too much in this episode, but it is definitely something that feeds into study stress. The yes. Pomodoro technique. If you can't do it with us, look it up, try it at home. So we've got actually these sessions usually at the quarter, which is a space only for postgraduate students, every Wednesday, every Saturday from 1 p.m. to 3 p.m., but also Fisher Library, level 5, Digital Scholarship Studio, from 1 p.m. to 3 p.m. on Wednesday. We also have academic liaison librarians, so the ALLs in the library as well. So if you are actually having any difficulties with your courses or your assignments, or if you're struggling with EndNote and EndNote crashes and you don't understand each other. Yeah, so you can see ALLs for like specific advice on like your courses and things. Maybe that will help us with stress as well because you have a bit more direction yeah. if you're lacking that. Definitely when there are issues like technical issues. Um, we also have CAPS on campus, so that's our counseling and psychological support as well. Yeah, all our workshops can be found under the main library page, so you just need to go to library.sydney.edu.au, you click under help, and from help you go to workshop page, and you will find all the workshops that we have that the learning advisors are running, as well as other people from the library are running. Okay, so to wrap up today's episode, what are your take-home tips for curtail or study stress? My message is quite clear for me, and that's addressed pretty much to everyone. Postgraduate students by research, postgraduate students by course, or undergraduate students, to everyone. Don't focus only on your study, don't focus only on your work. Focus on your life, because you can love your work, but you're not your work. I love that, you're not your work, and I think that takes the heavy, heavy weight of what we're actually doing here at university. It's not all of us, and if we can lighten that burden, how we actually look at it, um, 
definitely feel less stressed about it. Cyan, do you have anything to, to take your um, message? Yeah, sure. Know yourself, know your stress points. And once you can identify them, just take care of them. You approach something like it's heavy, it's going to be heavy. So basically what I mean by that is if you're going to approach your study like it's going to be the most stressful, horrible experience, it probably is going to be. So let's try to lighten our burden and reframe the way we actually think about our study. And try to feel good about it. Well, there you have it. Thanks for joining us for episode four of Study Stress. We will see you in the next episode. Ciao. PeerPod is recorded and produced by the library's peer learning advisors in the ThinkSpace One Button Recording Studio on Gadigal Land.